From the Diocese of Gallup, welcome to CrozierCast. I'm Director of Communications, Suzanne Hammonds, and as always with me is your host, Bishop James Wall. Bishop Wall, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well, Suzanne. How are you doing? Excellent, especially because we were lucky enough to have some apple fritters earlier. So, if we can keep from sugar crashing, we'll get through this episode. I had, a, I had an apple fritter, and now I'm having a cup of coffee, <laughs> just to keep me going. Yep, sounds good. So, let's talk about our topic for the day, which is Humanae Vitae. And for those who don't know, it's an encyclical from Pope Paul VI. And we're going to start real basic, um, just go right into what exactly is an encyclical. So an encyclical is a letter that is written from the Holy Father uh, to a particular group, uh, generally to cardinals and archbishops and, and bishops. And, and um, you know, it might say at the very beginning who it's intended for. And uh, generally that's who it's written from. But it's, uh, it, is, it is that type of letter. Um, and can you give us an overview of who was Pope Paul VI? Sure. Pope Paul VI was the uh, Pope, essentially, who, who took over during the Second Vatican Council. Because, you know, Pope St. John XXIII was the one who convened at the council. And in 1963, he passed away. And they elected the successor. And the successor was Pope Paul VI, who's now blessed. And uh, he uh, served as the successor of St. Peter until 1978. 78 is kind of a famous year because it's the year of three popes. I think he died on the Feast of the Transfiguration, which is August 6th. Okay. And so the political, what's significant about this is so during his time as pope, he wrote this encyclical called Humanae Vitae. And I'm sure um, people have probably at least, if you don't know what it is, you've at least heard the name. So why is this, this is now, I guess it was 68, right? Because this is its 50th anniversary? Sure, it came out on the feast day of St. James the Greater, which is the greatest saint who ever lived, <laughs> um, whose feast day is July 25th. That's also the same day as the feast day, but not on the calendar, which is St. Christopher. And um, so it came out on July 25th, 1968. And it, it unfortunately was controversial. And there are a number of reasons why it was controversial. So... The Holy Father, Pope Paul VI, he uh, formed a commission and he wanted them to take a look at the question of whether uh, the church should give the permission for the use of artificial contraception. You know, if we kind of could frame it, we'd say the pill. Was the Catholic Church going to give permission? Was the Pope going to give permission for Catholics uh, to use the pill? You know, we go back to artificial contraception, early 30s, uh, Lambeth Conference, and then we see all these different Protestant denominations giving permission to do that. And so the feeling was that the church was going to give this permission. Also, put it in, in its proper place, 1968, we have a lot of student riots, we have riots uh, with the Democratic National Convention, you have a really volatile um, political situation. And then during that time, you also have the so-called, and I always put it in quotes, sexual revolution. And it was anything but a revolution. And so you have that uh, during all that time. And so that's the, that's the climate. I don't remember it too well. I was four years old. That was the climate. And, and the, m- many people thought that they were going to get permission. So this, this commission, this, this is the church, you know, a commission found by the church, gave the recommendation to the Holy Father to give the permission. And I think this is where you really see uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I think the scripture passage I always go back to is, is Matthew 16, 
where Jesus says to St. Peter, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail. And what that does is it helps the church. It not only preserves the church and protects the church, but it assists the church in falling into error. So the Holy Father cannot fall into error, papal infallibility in, in terms of faith and morals. And so thinking that he was going to take the recommendation, he didn't take the recommendation, and he came out with this, this uh, incredible, incredible encyclical. It really was for the time, it really was a mic drop when he, when he pulled it off. It was pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. You can just imagine him dropping the encyclical <laughs> and saying, I'm, I'm out of here, and then just moving on. And uh, so it was pretty amazing. Well, it's, it's amazing to me, too, because we, we've always kind of been used to the church being countercultural in a lot of ways. So that's not really surprising. <clears throat> But it's striking that he would go against so many of his own advisors. So yeah. you, you had to imagine that he must have been feeling immense pressure, not just from society at large, but from people that he would have thought he could rely on for support. Sure, people who could trust it or people who would help him. But, you know, one of the things, too, whenever you're forming a group of, of advisors, you're not um, forming a group of bunch of yes men or yes women, right, men or women, um, but rather you're, you're going to form people who are going to be honest with you. And so they were honest with him. And you can imagine people on the commission, there were ones that were saying, no, absolutely not. But it seemed like the, um, the majority prevailed in, in giving the recommendation to do that, mm. kind of going along with society. Yeah. But, you know, our Lord tells us here to be in the world, but not of the world. It's another great example um, to go against, you know, if, if, if to go with the recommendation, the commission would have gone, would have been to go against the teaching of the church as we received in Scripture, because we can go back to the very beginning. Uh, God creates a male and female, creates in his image and likeness, calls them together, unitive, and calls them together, be fruitful and to multiply. And uh, what contraception is, you know, contraception is against life, it stops life. And in some cases, we talk about an abortifacient, uh, that, that is a drug, that uh, an abortion-causing drug. So it, it, it flies in the face of that, that scripture and actually God's plan for, for marital life. Yeah, and I think we should get some guests on here that um, <clears throat> can go a little bit more into the medical side of it too, and maybe the um, some people who are more, they've been instructed in NFP as we go on, like the consequences of this. But as far as the encyclical itself, so he didn't just say that the church still uh, teaches this is a moral wrong. He said, he also went further. He said, if you, if, if society accepts contraception as a right, this X will happen, this which will is kind happen. of amazing. Yeah. And they, they call this as the, the prophecies, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I always like to refer to Blessed Paul VI, thank God, soon to be uh, St. Paul VI, or Pope St. Paul VI. I like to re to re for him as a, the, the prophet, because he really was prophetic in the word um, that he spoke. So he talked about these four prophecies that would happen. So I think it'd be good for us to go through those this afternoon and talk about those and see how we've seen them uh, sadly come to fruition. So the first one um, that he talked about was that we would see an increase in infidelity and a, um, a moral decline. So we'd see an increase infidelity and moral decline. So we look around our, our world today, and we've just seen this, and it, I mean, it's sadly, we've seen this really increase. So we see that, um, you know, when a, when a husband and wife stand before each other on their wedding day, 
they they make that promise to love till death do them part, good times, bad times, and and uh, and uh, when they're in sick or in health, when rich or poor, all those those great promises. So they they make that promise before God to be faithful to one another. But what we've seen is we've seen an increase in infidelity, and one of the reasons for that is. Um, if somebody is using artificial contraception, what they're doing is they're um, preventing um, life, right? The transmission of life. And so um, a husband or a wife who are being unfaithful to their spouse, it lowers the chance of getting caught because the, the woman, in whatever the case is, if the woman's cheating or the man is cheating, the woman... Uh, really reduces the risk of becoming pregnant. So you don't have this, you know, this, aha, I caught you because here's, here's this baby, right? So you don't have anything like that. Um, so we, we see that. And then also in terms of, of moral decline, you know, uh, back in the day, it was nothing. I mean, it was, it was really considered a scandal for somebody to have an affair or a scandal for someone to, to leave uh, his wife or a woman uh, to leave her husband, but nowadays it's it's really sad. It's become the new norm, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's also one of the ways that we're able to see this this take place. So we have this infidelity and um, an increase in infidelity, and also we have this moral decline. And the other thing, and I think this is this is we see this right now, uh, a loss of respect for women. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> and you know, we we look at the the present culture. Um, uh, that we're in, and and so many women are being a part of, you know, the hashtag Me Too. You know, I was objectified. I was, you know, I I would show no respect. I was uh, just viewed simply as a sexual object. And again, we're we're seeing that um, men have started to objectify women, not seeing them as subject, not seeing them as created the image and likeness of God, not seeing them as an equal, but rather seeing them as simply an object for my own sexual desire and my own selfish sexual pleasure. Yeah. And, and so we've seen, we've seen that happen uh, quite a bit. So that loss of respect for women. Well, not, not only that, but it seems like it's at a crisis. I mean, it happens everywhere, of course, but <clears throat> almost unchecked, known about and unchecked in the place that you would think would be freest, the place that trumpets the, you know, how great um, abortions are and contraception are and things like that, which is, some, you know, a place like Hollywood. Yeah. We now see, um, or the music industry or something, we now see that the people who are, you know, kind of pushing this message of infidelity and all these things are the ones who are strapped with the, the greatest scandal now. Yeah, you know? yeah, the chickens are coming home to roost, right? Yeah. So you, you see, you, you reap what you sow, and we, we've seen that over and over and over again. So when it's this kind of, you know, no rules, no holds bar, you can do whatever you want. But now we're seeing what, what, how it comes back, that there, there isn't a real respect um, um, for, pe- for, for, for others. So this uh, loss of respect for women. And then kind of uh, uh, within that, too, what we see is we see an increase of um, sexual crimes, of crimes of the sexual nature uh, toward women and also toward children. We've seen that happen really sad. We've seen that increase of, of abuse throughout our entire society. And again, at seeing someone simply as an object for my own sexual desire, my own perverted sexual desire, 
and uh, somebody to be used. Like, you know, right now I'm sitting in a chair. This is an object, and it has a reason for And the reason is that it's used to be sat in. But it's an object. It's not a subject. And so what uh, a person who objectifies someone else sees them simply as an object to be used for my own purposes, my own self selfish purposes in, uh, in, in, in this way. Um, you know, he went on, on to talk about this, you know, this abuse of power. And one of the things our Holy Father talks about, Pope Francis, he calls this the modern colonization. And that was um, to tie into um, aid to poorer countries, these ideologies, ideologies of abortion, of contraception, of sterilization, all these different things. And really, it's kind of the mindset that, okay, we're going to tell you how to live because you really don't know how to live and we're so much smarter than you are because we are, we are so much more developed than you guys are. Yeah. So we're going to tell you this is how you should live. This is how you should, quote, unquote, regulate births, all that stuff. And I wonder if he, now this I bet he, he'd taken some lessons on from, and again, this is a whole episode in and of itself, but... Uh, someone like Margaret Sanger, sure. who specifically looked at, I mean, in the, the early 20th century eugenics movement, which specifically looked at, um, you know, black people, people of color, um, poor people, people with disabilities, and said, these people don't deserve to procreate, you know. Uh, we, those of us who are middle class and can take care of our and are smart, we know what's best. We're, we should be allowed to, to continue, but, you know, this led to not only, like, um, eugenics in Nazi Germany, but also sterilization programs, even in the U.S. We sure, like sure. That, you know, it's extremely arrogant. Extremely arrogant. You know, we're we're the upper class. We are the smart ones. Um, we're going to tell everybody else how to live. And as you pointed out, it really was uh, directed and aimed at uh, minorities, people of color. Mm -hmm. And even even today, you know, they set up Planned Parenthood, um, uh, essentially killing stations. It's my good friend. Patrick Madrid likes to call them the Death Star Killing Machine, and um, they set these up in uh, in in poor neighborhoods, neighborhoods of people of color, yeah. and uh, which is really just really really sad, well, and extremely arrogant. Extremely, it's, it's arrogant. an easy way to say. I mean, instead of addressing the actual root causes of poverty and oppression, it's an easy way to sort of put a bandaid on a gaping wound. Or sure. to try to put a bandaid on a gaping wound is to say, well, we can, you know. Just we'll give them unlimited access to birth control and abortion, and that'll control the poverty. But it's it's completely missing the point, you know. And one of the things too, they used to talk about, well, the pill was going to solve everything, right? And one of the things it was going to solve too is it go, it was going to decrease the number of abortions, which is a lie, a flat out lie. And what it has done, it's increased the number of abortions. I think, yeah. what do we have, 300,000 abortions that take place a day? Yeah. I think that's, is that the number that we well, have? We can, we'll link to the statistics. Yeah, we'll link to that. Yeah. I can't remember what the number, I'm gonna, I might have shot high on that. But, but it's, yeah, it has increased for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. Yeah, and so it didn't, it didn't help that. It actually increased that. And really, the people who are proponents of uh, birth control understand that too. They're all kind of tied in together. And ultimately, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's all about money. It all comes down to money. And what does Scripture say? That the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. So um, his uh, kind of the fourth one that he talked about was this um, unlimited uh, dominion. So this unlimited dominion. And, um, you know, this unlimited dominion over one's own body, right? Uh, you know, people, you hear things like that and say, it's my body, mm -hmm. right? Right. 
you hear in whenever we're out doing pro-life things, you know, you'll say, Pe- keep your hands off my ovaries, all these, these keep crazy... Keep your rosaries off my ovaries. Yeah, ovaries. keep your rosaries <laughs> off my ovaries. <laughs> I came up with a rhyme, yeah. It's just a horrible, <laughs> horrible thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, and again, that goes back from the very beginning. You know, who are we? We're gods. Who created us? God created us in his image and likeness. And so we're called to be good stewards over the gift of our bodies. And um, we're not caused to, you know, called to really harm them the way that many people are doing that have given into this. Because if you've ever looked at the side effects from um, contraception, uh, the pill, it's, it's, it's alarming. It's terrifying. And this is one of the interesting things. You know, back in the 60s, they were doing studies on a male, uh, a male pill. And it had one side effect. And the side effect that it would that it decreased the size of the man's te- uh, testicles, and so they completely they forgot that. Nope, we're not going to do that. But rather, what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a contraceptive for the woman to take, and then you pull it out. You know, increased in stroke and yeah. cancer and all these different things. But that's okay for you to take, just as long as I can objectify you and use you as an object. Yeah. Well, not as and again, I'll link to this statistic because I need the sort of the uh, the source for it but I believe too that some of the unintended side effects is like um, we now see increased levels of like let's say estrogen or something in rivers yes. and lakes yep. that's affecting uh, ecosystems yep. even which is crazy so there's all these yeah 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 it's all these effects and also he, he names you know he, it, it doesn't just extend to something like abortion or contraception you know you might think even, even uh, unfortunately plenty of Catholic women think you know birth control is harmless but this, this mindset eventually leads to something like what we're seeing now, euthanasia, the, or Belgium now, which has legalized euthanasia for minors. Yeah. You know, um, all kinds of other things besides just abortion. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of increased. It, it, it's what they call, you know, the culture of death. Pope St. John Paul II said in order to really undo this, we have to remove the contraceptive mentality. And so we see this contraceptive mentality throughout our entire world where where life isn't sacred that life is expendable and we see that in all sorts of things and and one of the i think one of the outcomes of that too is these these this rash of horrible horrible shootings that we have on all these campuses mm-hmm. that's a complete and utter disregard for life and so um, if we're not protecting life at its most vulnerable at it's the moment of conception then what we're doing is we're planting a seed not the seed of the gospel of life, but we're planting the seed of the culture of death. And so we really have to undo this, this whole sense of this mentality, this concept mentality. So there's a, there's a great article, and we're going to put this in our, in our notes. And uh, it's written by Dr. Janet Smith. And she's a teacher at the Sacred Heart Seminary in Detroit. And uh, it's a great one. It's called uh, Pope Paul VI as Prophet. Have Humanae Vitae's bold predictions come true? And so we'll put a link to that yeah. in, in our show notes. But it, it's, it's pretty exciting, very, very exciting. So maybe we can talk a little bit more about this, and then our, we're going to do two parts of this, yeah. two parts of the show. Because today we're talking about a lot of the negatives, but next time we want to talk about the positives. Yeah. And um, the positives all, always, always outweigh the negatives. But, you know, Paul VI said, if we go down this rabbit hole, this is what's going to happen, and we've seen it. Uh, over and over and over, you know, you re- again, you reap what you sow. Yeah. Excellent. So, like like uh, Bishop Paul mentioned, we do have a second part because there's just so much to unpack here. 
Um, and so we'll, uh, we'll bring that to you next time. But in the meanwhile, if you have any questions, comments, concerns about anything we've mentioned, anything in the future, uh, please feel free to write us in. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you next time for another episode. Thanks, Bishop Wall. You're welcome. Thank you, and God bless. Mm-hmm.